Hear the word of the Lord as it comes to us from Acts chapter 16, beginning at verse 11. We set sail from Troas and took a straight course to Samothrace, the following day to Neapolis, and from there to Philippi, which is a leading city of the district of Macedonia and a Roman colony. We remained in the city for some days. On the Sabbath day, we went outside the gate by the river, where we supposed there was a place of prayer, and we sat down and spoke to the woman who had gathered there. A certain woman named Lydia, a worshiper of God, was listening to us. She was from the city of Thyatira and a dealer in purple cloth. The Lord opened her heart to listen eagerly to what was said by Paul. When she and her household were baptized, she urged us, saying, if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, Come and stay at my home. The word of the Lord. Open our hearts, O God, to a word that can only come from you. Be gracious to our seeking of that, we pray. Amen. After Paul and Silas made their way into the Europe, the first city where they stopped and settled in was Philippi. When the Sabbath came, they were looking for a place to worship, so they went outside the city gates and found a group of women in prayer. Among these women was Lydia. We're told a few things about her. We know that she was from Thyatira. We know that she was a businesswoman, that she sold purple cloth. It's hard for those of us in contemporary society to know what the big deal was about purple cloth back then but it was very rare. In fact, it could only be developed by extracting the dye from shellfish alongside the northeast part of the Mediterranean Sea. And the people of Thyatira had developed kind of the corner on this market. It was so rare and so expensive that only royalty and wealthy people could buy purple cloth. Since Lydia was from Thyatira but was now living in Philippi, it's not that much of a conjecture to think that she probably had the local franchise on this exquisite cloth, kind of like an ancient Giorgio Armani store. She was doing well for herself. But still, she was searching for something more, like all the rest of us. And so, periodically, she would leave the gates of the city, leave behind the business, and join others in prayer. We're told that she was a worshiper before she ever heard about Jesus. She is one who is seeking after God. When Paul joins them, he tells them that God has also been seeking after, after these women in prayer. This is from the very first pages of the Bible. We get this image of a God seeking us, a God walking through the garden asking, where are you, where are you, where are you? And the mission of Jesus Christ embodies this God who's come to seek us, to search out those who are seeking something else, maybe even something more than success. Then the text tells us that the Lord opened Lydia's heart. Now that implies that the heart was previously closed down. 
Anyone who's been in business knows the kind of practicality of that. If you conduct your business with simply an open heart, you're going to go out of business pretty soon. Your decisions can't just be emotional. That's not limited <clears throat> just to business. Anyone who has tried to serve the church, anyone who has tried to lead a classroom or been of help to patients or clients, anyone engaged <clears throat> in any kind of charitable activity, <clears throat> anyone who's tried to raise children, Anyone who's been in a relationship knows that when you open your heart, people can walk in there and do a great deal of damage. So we close the heart. It's just protection. There's a whole world of hurt out there, and some of the worst hurt is done by people who are not evil. No, some of the worst hurt in our lives happens from good people who are trying to do good things, or at least tend to do good things, but they make huge mistakes along the way. No one enters a relationship determined to break it up. No one has a child determined to screw up this child's self-esteem. No one comes to seminary to learn skills as to how to hurt people. But still, we do it. The ethicist Lewis Smedes once wrote that he didn't know if more damage was done by those who do the evil well or those who do the good poorly. Doesn't matter when you are hurt, you are hurt. And so then you just shut down the heart. You learn how to cope. And you begin to reduce your life to living around familiar strangers. Familiar strangers. They're familiar to you because you know them so well. But they're strangers because you have refused to risk taking them into your heart. You can conduct your entire seminary experience here around familiar strangers. And if that's all we've taught you to do, then you will go out and conduct whatever ministry God has for you around familiar strangers. You can even maintain a marriage with a familiar stranger where you just learn how to you reduce your responsibilities to task. You think you must be doing well because look at all the tasks you're getting done. Look at how much work you're doing. Look how busy you are. That was never your true calling, to stay busy for Jesus. Or to just come up with a lot of product for familiar strangers. Calling has always been to communicate the love of God. You cannot give what you have not received. And as long as the heart stays closed up, 
you cannot receive the love of God. And then you have nothing to give. It's interesting that the text says the Lord opened Lydia's heart. Along the way, we've gotten so much, we've received so much damage to the heart that we're never going to let that happen again. We don't just pull up the drawbridge to the heart. We like nail it shut. No one will ever get to this heart again. And so we can't even open it ourselves. Only the Lord can open our hearts. But notice this happens while Lydia is in worship. That's why we come to worship. We come to ask God to mercifully do that which we cannot do for ourselves. Please, oh God, open my heart that I might have something to offer. And as Lydia hears about how God has come to her in Jesus Christ, the heart is again opened. We come back here day after day, week after week, as we conduct our lives, as we conduct our spiritual disciplines, as those who keep saying, do what I cannot do, open my heart that I might receive your love, that I might be able to fulfill the calling. Notice what happens next then. The, uh, uh, the Lord opened her heart, and then she applied to seminary and became a pastor. <laughs> uh, no, no, that's, that's kind of a textual variant here. The Lord opened her heart, and she took Paul and Silas home. That's what the text says. She brought them in. She didn't keep this professional. She didn't just thank Paul for his nice sermon. She brought him into her life. She brought him home. That's what we do with the love of God. You have to take it in. We accept it. We receive it. We risk the open heart one more time because only then do we have something to offer. Whenever we talk about calling, we, just, we keep reducing it to, to job titles. I am an attorney. I am a teacher. I am a candlestick maker. I, but that's just a means to an end. The end is to have received the love of God, to, to glorify and enjoy that so that you have something to offer to this world that is dying for the love of God. And until you have received the love of God in an open heart, you're not going to have anything to offer. It doesn't matter what your job title is. But once you have received the love of God, you can't help but be of use to this God who in Christ Jesus is dying to love the world. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.